This episode of the OP Radio podcast is sponsored by VanceroWatches.com, V-I-N-C-E-R-O, Watches.com. Use the promo code OP to get 15% off your entire order. The episode also sponsored by a brand new sponsor, ExpressVPN. Watch what you want and protect yourself at ExpressVPN.com slash OP. And now on with the show. Welcome to uh, my windowsill. Seems to be a lot safer here than out there. What's going on, Michael Gallagher and Tim Kane and Scramble North and Dennis C? You call it the China virus? Brother man, brother man, hacks against hacks. What's going on? Ken R., what's going on? If you have any questions about the coronavirus, please let me know so I could ask Dr. Ian Smith in, uh, in a little bit. What's going on, Dino P? How are you? Westchester officially no longer the best Chester. You, you think? That stupid fucking lawyer. Lawyer's got the coronavirus, comes into New York City. He's roaming around here and there and everywhere. And now uh, a lot of people are sick in the Westchester area. That's, that's how it happens, my friends. Uh, that's a great one, Tim Kaine. Ask Dr. Smith, what stock do I buy when it's over? Well, they're saying like Peloton. They're saying anything to do with staying home is a good bet as far as investing goes. What's everyone think of the coronavirus? It's getting pretty serious, finally. It doesn't matter where you fall politically. I think we're all starting to realize this is some real shit that's going on out there. And uh, I think more and more people are taking it seriously. It also depends where you live. I was telling uh, some of my friends over the weekend... You know, if I was living in a place that didn't interact with a lot of people, like living in Geneseo, I don't think I would be as scared of the coronavirus as I am because I live in New York City with a family. I think that's uh, part of this whole thing. It depends where you live. Depends how much interacting you're doing with people. Um, Sadly, there's so many people in New York City, they still have to take mass transit. That would be the scariest thing ever. I haven't been on uh, mass transit in in a few weeks now. I will not be on mass transit anytime soon. I got got an electric scooter to get me around. Thank God I don't have a regular job where I have to, uh, you know, commute. All that would make me even more paranoid, so. But I think if you live, you know, in the middle of the Midwest or Geneseo, small population areas, I wouldn't be as scared as I am now, that's for sure. We just got word here in New York City they're shutting down my kids' schools. Tomorrow's the last day. We're heading toward a spring break, but they're basically hinting that, you know what, we don't even want to take a chance and get to Friday before everyone goes away for two weeks. We're shutting down the schools after tomorrow, and uh, they're already saying when the kids get back in two weeks that it's going to be more online teaching than going back to the school. They don't think... They don't think the kids are going back to these two schools anytime soon, which is just insane if you think about it. We're lucky. I don't work. My wife uh, works like part-time when she wants to. But there's people out there, you know, both parents work. And um, 
Their kids' schools are going to be closing down. This is going to happen all over America, and it's going to put them in a really, really tough spot. So what do you do? What do you do with this coronavirus? Do you play the odds and go, look, I got I to gotta make money for my family. I got mouths to feed. I got bills to pay. Or is it I got bills to pay. I got mouths to feed. So a lot of people, they have no choice. They got to go out there and, um, and hustle and continue working and hope that they don't get the coronavirus. And then I know if you get the coronavirus, most of us will be okay. But still, it's, it, it's really scary. I started taking it seriously. Uh, I live in this building, as you can see, way up high in the sky. And uh, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of people that work in this building, all nice people. But we got people that are basically hardcore gangsters that come from uptown, the Bronx, and some of the scary parts of Brooklyn. And they commute all the way to this building because it's a great job. And uh, you see them on the street as they're... Heading into work, their their hats are on sideways. They got the gold teeth. They they look so scary just walking up to this building. You would assume that uh, you know they would be a problem. Let's put it that way. And then they put on their uniforms for their their shift to work in this building. And then they look completely different and dare I say presentable. And uh, I'm not saying that for myself because uh, I like them either way, but. There are people in my building that need them to look presentable, if you know what I'm saying. And uh, this is why I know the coronavirus is, is really serious. There's a bunch of those guys that I just described that are wearing face masks. And I, I talked to them and they're like, we ain't taking no chances. And, and it's probably more dangerous for some of these guys just to go home at night after their shift. I don't know if it's uh, I don't know if it's uh, being overhyped. I don't know, man. The whole world is taking this seriously. I mean, you know, you know, Italy's in complete and utter lockdown over this thing. So the world doesn't want to be in lockdown. It's going to really affect the world economy. It doesn't benefit either side. It doesn't benefit the Democrats if this coronavirus gets out of control. It doesn't help anybody. A lot of businesses will end up closing over this. I mean, you know, we're in a really, really tough spot with this coronavirus. Vincent, trying to influence election? Hell no. Are both sides trying to politicize this thing? Absolutely. This is a real problem we got that's going to roll through this country. The numbers are going up. You know, uh, what Trump said two weeks ago, we only have 15 cases, no deaths, and the cases are going to go down. Well, now we're pushing uh, 1,000 cases with, I think, 30 people dead in America. And that number is going to continue to grow quickly. I'll ask Dr. Ian Smith about it in a little bit here. China's behind this. Mark Fazzetti, why would this benefit China? Because once again, it fucks up the world economy. Why is China behind the coronavirus? Except for them being stupid. It started in China, so you got to think they were being stupid. The rumor was they liked eating bats, and that's what started this thing. I'm trying to have a level head because everyone else is, is losing their minds, especially with the political angle. Trump says Corona's a hoax, and I believe him. Alt-universe writes, ah, come on, brother. It's not a hoax. Oh, this is exhausting. Some things should not be political. The coronavirus should not be politicized. 
And that's all you see on your Facebook. Everyone is politicizing it. But I think the scientists and the doctors know enough that they really believe that this is going to be a motherfucker until it gets controlled. I think the truth lies somewhere between what Trump is saying and um, what uh, the mainstream media is saying. I think I think uh, there's a culture of fear when it comes to the mainstream media. And man, if we're not all watching 24-hour cable now because of the coronavirus, they know that. And they know if they keep the fear strong, we're going to watch longer. So I, I understand that's in play here. But then Trump has a lot to lose if this thing gets out of control. He wants to be reelected. And so he's trying to downplay the whole thing and trying not to he's trying not to get the testing kits out there, because if we get the testing kits and people more people get tested for this thing, the number is going to be way higher than what they're telling us. And that's not a good thing either. So, you know, he's, he's got an election to win and uh, and he's got an economy to try to protect. So I really believe the, the answer is somewhere in between those two points. I think most level headed people would agree with that. Joe Biden doesn't know who he is. Now, Grant, me and you are on the same damn page. And Grant's one of my, uh, my regulars, man. I, I like the Grant. Uh, as, you, as you know by now, I, I don't have a team, which is stupid on my part. Because if I had a team, at least 50% of you guys would be like, rah, rah, go, oh, go. I think uh, Trump has his flaws. I, I really think that Joe Biden has major flaws. I think he's heading toward uh, being senile. He gets too many things wrong to the point that they needed an excuse. So now he's blaming it on the fact that he's been a stutterer his whole life. But that doesn't explain away all the, the missteps this guy has. Every time he speaks in public, he's getting something wrong. What did he say today? AR-14? or fi- Yeah, he said AR-14 as he's yelling at union guys in uh, Michigan. Uh, Biden at 70% is still better than Trump at 100%, says uh, Bergman. I think Bergman. Uh, sorry, your comment went away. I don't know about that, man. I really don't know. I'm really, really worried about this next election. We're going to have a really old president. And then you got uh, Bernie Sanders. His heart's all sorts of fucked up. And he's going to be, I think, if he's elected, he'll be 78 years old. And I've said this too, man. We, we deserve a president that's a lot younger than 75 and up. I don't, I don't know why we, we are accepting a president that's so damn old. I think the job is, is for, you know, someone young with new, fresh ideas. Who is that person? I have no idea. That's the problem. Mayor Pete Buttigieg was full of shit. I think that uh, Kamala Harris is full of shit. She took some major shots at Biden, and now she's, rah, rah, yeah, I endorse Biden. They're all full of crap, man. I, I, I wouldn't be happy with uh, Trump as president or Biden as president. I just simply wouldn't be happy either way. But I'm also smart enough to know that my life and most of your lives will not change one iota, whether Biden's president or Trump is president. And oh boy, me saying that, it's going to trigger a few folks. But it's the truth. I'm not a lefty, you idiots. I like picking from both sides. I want to keep way more of my money. I get hammered on taxes. So that's where I kind of believe in the Republican thing. And I also believe that a woman should be able to do whatever the hell she wants with her body. So as you can see, I got a bit of a 
combo platter here. I think we all should have a bit of a combo platter. Pick one from this menu, pick a few from this side of the menu, and I think that would, uh, you know, make this country run way smoother, especially if both sides uh, work together. God, we're getting preachy now. This was supposed to be at the, uh, uh, about the coronavirus. How do you feel about immigration? Oh, Chip Chipperson. This is going to piss off a lot of people, but uh, we need immigration in this country. Oh, my God. Did I just say that? Are you crazy? Why would you say that on a live stream? If you study it, though, we really need immigration in this country. Because <laughs> it's all the jobs none of us would do. They do all those jobs. This country understands that. They understand immigration leads to cheap labor. They understand that the people that are coming here, especially illegally, are doing all the jobs that I don't want to do and you don't want to do. So, uh, you know, we've been playing this game with immigration since the beginning of this country. Quebec is going to have a hard time with coronavirus. Everybody kisses each other on the cheek to say hello. You guys kiss on the cheek? Is that how you do that up there? That's some fucked up shit right there. I've only kissed two guys on the mouth my entire life. My dad and Brother Weeze. I think me and Brother Weeze did a mouth kiss once or twice. I think we did. But in Canada, you guys are kissing each other left and right? That's, that's nuts. Would you let prisoners vote? Oh, uh, hell nah. You going to Skankfest South. I, I, I was uh, toying with the idea, but I am not getting on a plane anytime soon. We had a vacation plan to the Caribbean. The kids are off for a couple weeks. We said no to that. We canceled that shit because I really think in the next two weeks, this coronavirus gets really insane and out of hand. And I think uh, it'll be interesting what Luis Gomez and uh, the rest of the gang at uh, Skankfest, uh, the Legion of Skanks, It'll be interesting because I know they're trying to be tough and try to be cool and try to hang in there. And they want to be those people like, fuck the coronavirus. It's no big deal. We're doing our skank fest anyways. But everybody else is canceling their shit. And I'd be very, very surprised if uh, they go through with uh, skank fest. Very surprised because things are being canceled by the day. Every day it's a whole bunch of new things that are being canceled. They canceled St. Paddy's Day in, in Ireland. If that doesn't show you that this coronavirus thing is dead serious, then, then I don't know what is going to change your mind on that whole thing. They canceled, and then they canceled St. Paddy's uh, Day in Boston. And they told the, the Harvard uh, uh, big heads, they told them, you know, don't come back after spring break. They're kicking them out of the dorms. They're like, don't come back. <laughs> And then I was reading an article like some of those kids, they have nowhere to go if they're being kicked out of their dorms. And I'm thinking, they're, they, they, they go to Harvard. Aren't they the privileged ones? Aren't they the truly entitled ones? What do you mean they have nowhere to go? I mean, I went to Geneseo. If they kicked me out of my dorm back in the day, yeah, there would be a problem. I wouldn't know where to go. But I think if, you, uh, if you're one of those big brains that goes to Harvard, then, you know, I think you got options if they kick you out of your dorm. Crazy. But, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. This coronavirus is, uh, it's going to get really scary. This city is way too big. There's way too many people. You know, we can't do that. What do they call it? That, uh, uh, what do they call it? Social distancing or public distancing? You can't do that in New York City.
Uh, I do not miss Anthony. I, I guess you're just trying to start shit or something. Johnny plays. I don't miss Anthony at all. I've said it many times. The guy has brought so much hate into my life. For what? What could I have possibly have done that the guy obsesses about me every day and hates on me every day? Why would I miss that? Christ. Uh, yeah, Mark Vassetti. Mark Vassetti was going to um, take me down to Kensington to do a podcast, but now I don't know. I don't know how far I want to travel with this thing. You know, this is unknown territory for a lot of people. I think uh, I think everything changes on a daily basis with this coronavirus. So it'll be interesting what tomorrow brings. This is all I ask as far as the coronavirus goes for real. Because I see you guys just arguing on Twitter and Facebook. And depending on, you know, where you lie politically, uh, a lot of you have a different angle on this coronavirus. This is what I would suggest. Watch all the cable news channels. Go to the CDC website. Read some newspapers, both sides. And then... I try to uh, form my own opinion on this damn thing. And I think that's very important as we move forward with this coronavirus. Yeah, that coronavirus is a real motherfucker. There you go. That's a great way to end right there, Raul. Number four. Bravo to you. Thanks for checking this out. I got to go talk to Dr. Ian Smith. Have a good night, guys. How do I turn this fucking thing off? I should hold the bastards. Opie Radio. All right, before we get Dr. Ian Smith on the phone, I want to welcome a brand new advertiser to the Opie Radio podcast. I'm talking about ExpressVPN. So we all know how a VPN protects your privacy and security online, right? But I didn't know this until recently, and it's taken my TV watching game to the next level. You could use a VPN to unlock movies and shows that are only available in other countries. Over the weekend, I used ExpressVPN, and I was checking out uh, shows from all over the world. I was checking out The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air in Australia on Netflix. I was checking out Germany's Netflix and How I Met Your Mother. And it was really simple. I just fired up the ExpressVPN app, changed my location. See, ExpressVPN hides your IP address and lets you control where you want sites to think you're located. You could choose from almost 100 different countries. So just think about all the Netflix libraries you could go through. Do you love anime? Oh, I love anime. Use ExpressVPN to access Japanese Netflix and be spirited away. But it's not just like Netflix. ExpressVPN works with any streaming service. We're talking Hulu, BBC iPlayer, YouTube, you name it. Now, there are hundreds of VPNs out there, but the reason I use ExpressVPN to watch shows is because it's ridiculously fast. Never any buffering or lag, and you can stream in HD, no problem. ExpressVPN is also compatible with your device's phones, media consoles, smart TVs, and much more. So you can watch what you want on the go or on the big screen, wherever you are. All right, here's the call to action. If you visit my special link right now, expressvpn.com slash O-P-O-P-I-E, you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. Support the show, watch what you want, and protect yourself at expressvpn.com slash opie and welcome aboard expressvpn 
Before we get to Dr. Ian Smith and all the updates on the coronavirus, I want to talk about Ventura Watches. I love these guys. VenturaWatches.com. Use the promo code OPOPIE. 15% off entire order, and they cover shipping costs. And you spell Ventura, by the way, V-I-N-C-E-R-O. Typically, finding a watch that is high quality, good looking, and precise costs a pretty penny. We all know that. Well, Ventura Watches is here to change that. Ventura creates exceptionally crafted watches, and they do it without breaking the bank. There's a reason these guys have over 20,000 five-star reviews, because their modern watches will make you look good and feel unstoppable. And like I said, they're offering you an exclusive 15% discount off your entire order, and they're going to cover all shipping costs. Just use the promo code OPOPIE. The watches are awesome. They get complimented every time. You need to check them out for yourself. Go to VenturaWatches.com, V-I-N-C-E-R-O, VenturaWatches.com. Use the promo code OP and check out for the special deal. I got to tell you, I've been wearing one of their watches for the last month or so, and I promised on the podcast that I would give it away. I'm not happy that I have to give it away, but then again, I think Ventura Watches will give me another one when they find out I gave my watch away. And uh, I'm giving it away to John in Virginia. What? John, DM me on Twitter. The watch I'm wearing right now from Ventura Watches is yours, my friend, for all the support you've given me for this podcast. They got collections ranging from dress watches to sports watches. Ventura has a style for every look, occasion, and price point. Even if you claim to not be a watch guy, you got to check out Ventura. They have styles that will change your mind. And because you're listening to this podcast and because we're partners, they are offering you a great discount. So go ahead, go to VenturaWatches.com. Let me spell that for you. V-I-N-C-E-R-O, VenturaWatches.com. That's VenturaWatches.com. Use the promo code OP. This deal is too good to pass up. Use the code OP. And John from Virginia, come get your watch. You bitch. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Oh, we start with the laugh. What's up, Dr. Ian Smith? How are you, buddy? Life is good, man. Life, Life is, is good. good. Uh, my uncle is 93. Okay. Excuse me. And he has a great thing he says to me on almost every call when I talk to him. He says, I'm going to buy, I'm going to make a patch for you, and the patch is going to say, this ain't no dress rehearsal. <laughs> I like that. Great, right? You got one shot at it, man. You only got one shot at life. It's funny. You were in New York today. I'm uh, recording this on Tuesday, March 10th, late at night. And you were in the city today. And I'm like, man, I got to get Dr. Ian Smith on the podcast to kind of cut through a lot of the the fear and and all the misinformation, I guess, as far as the coronavirus goes. And you're like, dude, you should have got a hold of me sooner. I'm in New York. And I'm like, dude, I'm not going out of my house anytime soon. So, so when you get See? back so when you get back to Chicago, we'll do it over the phone. And then and then I was thinking about you all day. I'm like, he was in New York talking about the coronavirus, and then you got on a plane back to Chicago. How was that? Were you scared at all? No, I mean I think that, you know, the idea is that people have to People should be cautious. They should not panic. You know, for, let's start from the beginning, okay? Sure. The, we don't, this is a new virus. We've not ever seen it in humans before, and that is what is the most alarming aspect of it is that it's something new. We don't have a lot of history with it. We don't have a vaccine for it. We don't really know how it operates, but we have an idea 
that it operates like the cold and the flu, kind of like a hybrid. Yeah. So we, we, we believe the virus behaves in that manner. And what I say by that is, for example, transmission, right? So it's a respiratory, it causes a respiratory illness like you get with the flu. Uh, people get cough and fever, and the more severe cases, they get pneumonia. Um, but it's, it's spread basically like you would, you know, a cold, through coughing or sneezing, through droplets of saliva or discharge from the nose. So it really is very much like catching a cold. And in fact, most people who have coronavirus will only feel like they have a, a cold. In fact, a mild cold in some cases. And so most people don't even realize that they have it, and there are probably more people who have it than are being diagnosed because it really feels like a cold. The people who are most at risk are the elderly and the people who have underlying medical conditions, diabetes, heart disease, uh, respiratory illnesses, asthma, people who already have an illness and then put the coronavirus infection on top of that, they are the ones who are most susceptible uh, to a terminal event, to dying. But the vast majority of people, and this is indicated very clearly in the amount of cases versus the amount of deaths, the vast majority of people are not going to die from it. And so, you know, I think that, you know, the news media really is, and this is one of those cases where I think they're doing a disservice. I think that it's okay to get people... Uh, aware of what's going on and, and ask them to take precautions, but don't create panic in people. Yeah. I just did a live stream right before I, I, I talked to you, and it's really interesting because half the people think it's no big deal, and they're kind of going with the Trump thing where it's a hoax and it's blown out of proportion and it's just like the flu. And and then you got the other half that are in a complete and utter panic. And I, I really believe the truth falls somewhere between what Trump's saying and the mainstream media. Well, now, in all fairness, and politics all aside, I'm just speaking as a straight scientist slash medical professional. Yeah. Calling the virus a hoax was a major, major problem because it's not a hoax. It's a real virus. Yeah. Um, it's not the bubonic plague, so it's not like this. It's not going to wipe out the earth. But calling it a hoax really put us behind the eight ball because. We weren't as fast as we should have been in creating tests so people can be tested uh, and doing the work you need to do to get the word out information out so people can prevent it. So my belief is, had the CDC led the charge earlier and this thing had not gotten politicized, we would have been way ahead of the curve. Yeah. And we would, be, we would have been able to prevent a lot of the stuff that's happening now. But everyone's like, so everyone's spending a week and a half deciding, is it a hoax or not? Because the administration says it's a hoax. Yeah. Then they realize, geez, people, this ain't no hoax. People are really dying from this thing. It's a real illness. Now, all of a sudden, let's ramp it up. But guess what, guys? We lost a week and a half. And a week and a half calculates to lots of infections and lots of undiagnosed infections, which means that these people are walking around undiagnosed and they're infecting other people. Yeah. Now, just saying that and, and uh, going against Trump, people must attack you and say, oh, you're a Trump hater, you're a snowflake, you're a libtard. I am so sick of things that are politicized in this country. And one of the things that should not be politicized is the coronavirus. It, we we got to take this seriously. Uh, Trump said a mere two weeks ago that there were 15 cases in the U.S. And quickly it would go down to, what, one or two? And right. two weeks later, we're now up to officially over 700 cases and now starting to really, really grow because yeah. now we're going to start testing more people. And those yeah. numbers are going to just simply balloon. You're so right about this. 
this is not a political issue. This is just a scientific issue. This is a life and death issue for many people. And so, you know, this isn't about politics. This isn't, this is about the scientists and the medical professionals who have been spending their whole lives trained and in this field being able to say, this is what the deal is. And there's no, there's, by the way, there's no political advantage or disadvantage to this. It's, it's a virus. Right. No one's blaming the Democrats for it. No one's blaming the Republicans for right. it. Like, this is something that started outside of our country, okay? It's now coming to our country. We got to do something about it. It's not it's I don't understand why people are politicizing it. Like there's nothing political about it. Like it's we got to stop this from happening. We're in such a politically polarized environment that unfortunately because that's the tenor, that's the atmosphere that we're in, yeah. It unfortunately contaminates things that have nothing to do with it. It becomes like this huge cloud and it just keeps growing and growing and growing and things that should not be under the cloud get under the cloud. But you know, I think now everyone is pretty much on the page that this is real. Oh my god, uh, not on my Twitter feed. Not on my Twitter feed. Maybe seriously? Yeah, it's it's crazy. And I try to tell people because they really believe that, you know, the Democrats want uh, lots and lots of people to be infected and lots and lots of people to die because then that'll finally get Trump out of office. And I'm sitting there going, it, this does not help the Democrats. It doesn't help the Republicans. If this thing continues to grow and heads toward what's going on in Italy, we got a real problem economically in this country. It, it, doesn't, help any, it doesn't help anybody. But also, if they think that it's not real, why would they think that in a country like Italy would shut down, locked down our country? I mean, that's yeah. a hoax. Yeah, well, here's uh, the latest. Italy is in lockdown, as we know. They uh, canceled St. Paddy's Day, basically, in Ireland. They canceled the St. Paddy's Day parade in Boston. Uh, Colleges are now closing all over the place. Uh, Schools in New York are officially starting to close. My kids, uh, after Friday, had two weeks off for spring break. We just got an email just before I started the podcast where they said, you know what, uh, we can't we can't take a risk anymore. So tomorrow, Wednesday or, or, or yeah, well, I, I'm, I'm recording this on Tuesday. Anyway, Wednesday is the last day. They're just blowing off Thursday and Friday. They don't even want to take a chance. They were trying to limp their way toward uh, spring sure. break and they finally realized it's not worth the risk. So, you know, they've already jumped into, you know, school is canceled and they're already telling us, uh, us parents that uh, when spring break is over, they're not coming back to the school most likely and they're going to start online learning. Well, Harvard doing Harvard did that. My, yeah. That's my alma mater. So Harvard, my wife just read to me at dinner that Harvard uh, told all their students you got five days to get out of to basically get off campus, and uh, don't come back after spring break. Everything's gonna be online. Now, I just gotta say, and, and once again, health and the life of people is more important. Yeah. But can you imagine how much it must must suck to be a, a senior, and your senior year is now just it's obliterated. All your senior activities, yeah. all your stuff is completely gone. Yeah. So it's this, this is a real situation. I I do believe, however, and I, I can't stress this enough: people should not panic. Okay. Like. This is not the bubonic plague. This is not going to wipe out, you know, tens of thousands of people. If people exhibit normal sanitary precautions, for example, the number one thing is washing your hands. You don't need sanitizer. If you don't have access to soap and water, then yes, use sanitizer. But sanitizer is not the first-line defense against prevention of transmission. All these people selling stuff online for $75, all this hand sanitizer. It's outrageous that people are gouging people yeah. over the fear of what could happen. Yeah. So on Rachel Ray today, I was in New York because I actually was showing people actually how to make your own hand sanitizer, which is very easy. You take two-thirds a cup, 
of isopropyl alcohol, which is rubbing alcohol. Right. You put it into a bowl. You take a third of a cup of aloe vera gel. All this you can buy in a store very easily. You mix it up, and then if you want to add a fragrance to it, you get an essential oil like lavender, chamomile, whatever. Essential oil you want, you put a couple droplets in. Mix it up, and you pour it into a bottle, and you have hand sanitizer. So you forgot you know, one. You, know? you forgot one step. You also uh, pour yourself a shot of the rubbing alcohol and slam that. <laughs> well, actually, you know, it's, 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 not to say that, by the way. Yeah. People were saying um, you can use vodka, um, but you can't use vodka. Okay. You can't, you can't use vodka because vodka does not have the level of alcohol concentration that you need. So Tito's, which is the big vodka maker, was telling people, listen, no, using vodka in your hand sanitizer home creation is not going to work. So you actually need to have alcohol, and you need to make sure... If you're buying hand sanitizer, make sure that the alcohol percentage content is 60% or greater because in order for it to kill the pathogens, the bacteria and the viruses, it needs to be at least 60%. And then the higher you go into the 90s, the better it is for you, up to 90 95%. All right, speaking of going to stores, uh, a lot of people are asking me about money. Uh, does the virus live on money? I know it lives on surfaces for, what, 7 to 14 days or something like that? Yeah, and, and all this right now, and this is the this is the part that's that's frustrating. Right now, they they think they know what the incubation period is. The incubation period, by the way, is the time that you get infected and before you start seeing symptoms, basically. So they think the incubation period is about five days. So let's say you get it on day zero. It's not until day five when you actually start seeing some of the symptoms. As far as its ability to live outside of the body, um, they're not a hundred percent sure. Uh, how long uh, it can live on surfaces. They're running tests on it now, and that's what I'm saying. In the next couple of weeks, we're going to learn a lot more about this. The other part of the problem, some of the experts are saying, is that China has not been forthcoming. We know in general China's not a forthcoming country, yeah. but China was not forthcoming very early on about the illness. And this really also put the world at risk, because had China said, listen, this is what we have, we're going to share all this information with all the leading world health experts so we can figure this thing out instead of kind of trying to sweep it on the rug or kind of hide it. And we, once again, we'd be further along, but China didn't help this either, by the way, because China, from a political standpoint, was trying to keep it behind the curtain, basically, and it just it, it, it grew out of control for them. You know, it started spreading to the rest of the world. So uh, do you know how it uh, began? I mean, there's rumors about uh, eating bats, there's rumors about a lab in China. Uh, what do you know about that? Uh, China, which is, by the way, a great country to visit. Uh, you know, I, we had a great trip to China. It was wonderful, by the way. But China has a lot of huge markets, huge markets. And, you know, their culture, they eat different foods. And, you know, um, you know, we eat rabbit and deer and stuff like that. Every country eats different types of food. And the belief, the belief is that the virus may have come from someone eating uh, an exotic animal, um, and that animal had the virus and, you know, obviously infected a person, and that person spread it. So that is what was believed. No one, um, no one knows 100% sure, though. By the way, it doesn't do any justice to speculate, because yeah. then you have all this anti-Asian sentiment, and it's terrible. People are bullying Asian people. It's just, in the U.K., you know, they attacked some girl, some guy punched and knocked some girl. It's just, oh, 
Well, it just makes me crazy. Well, I'm scared because I get seasonal allergies, and the sneezing is about to begin. So, <laughs> and so every time, gonna... every time I see someone sneeze as they've been walking around the last two weeks, I mean, your first thought is, does that person have cor- uh, coronavirus? I know that sounds crazy, but no, it doesn't. The sound paranoia crazy. on this one has really got me because people are like, dude, when uh, Ebola came around and the swine flu and H1N1, you know, this is just like all those, and I'm trying to say, I don't think so because the the world didn't take uh those those uh particular diseases as seriously as the coronavirus you, you have a whole country on lockdown no i mean you have a country on lockdown you have uh the state of washington on lockdown but you you're make a very good point by the way we're heading into allergy season which yeah. means people in general are going to have a flare of their allergies yeah so people are going to be coughing and sneezing now the complication is going to be how do you know if the person who is standing in front of you in the elevator who just sneezes how do you know it's them sneezing from an allergy or a regular cold or coronavirus? This is what's going to be, I think, kind of the confusing and the scary part of it for people who are trying to avoid any kind of person-to-person transmission. Yeah, and, and you know, I think, I think a lot of people are going to be punched in the face because they're allergic to pollen, unfortunately, because especially <laughs> – no, I'm not even trying to make a joke. In New York, you know how they are. They're uptight to begin with. And, yeah. and 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 the stories here, like I agree with you with the with the whole uh, China thing, and, and uh, you know people going after the Chinese because because they feel like that they were the ones that started this. And in the local papers, they're like, you know, you really got to support uh, you know Chinese uh, businesses. And I'm like, eh. <laughs> I, I, I'm not brave enough to go to Chinatown. It's unfortunate for them and their businesses, but uh, I don't know. Well, the thing- I, I'm barely well- leaving my house yet. Yeah, well, here's the thing. The thing, though, most people outside of China yeah. who have it are not Asian, obviously. I mean, yeah. other nationalities that actually have it outside of China. Someone living in New York who lives in Chinatown who, you know, is Chinese has as much of a chance of having it as someone living on the Upper East Side of Park Avenue. You know, so it's not sure. that's not a problem. But but I think that in general, I think in general that that now that people are self quarantined. And now that the government has decided, finally, thankfully, to mitigate things, by that I mean one, one way of doing this is to quarantine people. The other way is to mitigate, which means to take preventative measures, for example, uh, t- suggesting that you shouldn't have gatherings of over 100 people. So they, they canceled South by Southwest. They just canceled Coachella. Yeah. They canceled Indian Wells Tennis Tournament. So, and schools are doing it. Like schools are saying, you know, my kid's school, they canceled the science night. Uh, you know, and so they're... So this is good. I mean, it's sad that these things are happening, but it's good in the sense of this kind of reaction and kind of response really would put a big dent or really slow down the traction that the virus has as far as it being transmitted to other other people. But with that said, I mean, we're going to be living with the coronavirus until we get a vaccination, right? So it's just going to keep going round and round or 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 can yeah, we I not mean, can we knock the numbers down to a point where we could kind of control it more or less? Like well, what what's your this, thoughts on that? Well, this is the number these are the numbers you need to pay attention to. Number 1, the number of cases are going to go up. And the reason why they're going to go up is for two two reasons. One, because more people will get tested. Yeah. So people who actually have it, we don't know yet, they get more tested. So that's going to make the number go up. The other reason why the number is going to go up is because there's always a lag. So, like, even though we announce that we know that it's here, there's going to be a lag, you know, a, a, a rise of cases because there's a lag behind our awareness of it. But here's the deal. The number you have to pay attention to is the rate of new cases. So, for example, let me explain that to you. If day zero to day five, the first five days, 
you had 10 cases. And then from day 5 to day uh, 10, you have 20 cases. So now, you know, you've doubled. Yeah. And then from there, it grew by another 20. So if that rate of new cases increases, that's the number you need to pay attention to. What you want to see is the rate decrease. So not that it's going to disappear, but the rate of new infections is decreasing. That is what, from an uh, uh, epidemiological standpoint, that's what you want to start seeing as far as trend data. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes, but when it decreases, what are the odds that it increases again when we start to uh, stop washing our hands and we start touching people again? And uh, will it just go right back up? I, I, don't, I don't understand how that officially so works. Think of the cold, for example. Yeah. So the cold is here all year round, by the way. Yeah. But we typically see cold uh, people with cold during the cold time of the year because people are more concentrated indoors, which means it's not the cold that's causing the cold. It's that you are in concentrated areas because you're not outside and, you know, moving around. We're all inside in the office, at home, at work, and that's why it's easy to transmit from one person to another, and that's why you see more colds during the winter. So this would probably be the same thing. You know, it's going to be, you know, heavier during the months in which people are in closed environments, and when people are out walking around and ventilation is good, it's, you're going to see the cases drop dramatically. Yeah. Uh, you know, we didn't answer that one question. Why Why are we taking it uh, this more seriously than Ebola, the swine flu, H1N1, and, and some of the other things that have come our way in the last 20 years? One, we've never seen it before. Ebola we had seen before, by the way. Yeah. So... We had never, we've never seen this before. We don't know everything about this. You know, the, the things that scientists need to know, they need to know incubate, like we discussed. How long does it take to be in your body before uh, you start seeing symptoms? Um, how do you transmit this disease? How do you set, spread it from one to another? How long does it live outside the body? These kind of questions that scientists have on most of these, these bugs, uh, we don't have for this. So now the scientists need to learn all this. So that makes it scary, okay? Yeah. The other thing is that, honestly, I'm going to be honest with you, the panic. Like, there was a panic that set in. Like, I didn't even see with Ebola. And Ebola, to me, is much more destructive in how it works. Very few people survive Ebola. Yeah, okay? I understand that. Can I, can I show off my big brain uh, the difference with Ebola, though? It kills so quickly and efficiently, it doesn't give the virus a chance to spread too, uh, too fast. Yeah, that, that's why Ebola is not as scary in the end. I mean, it'll destroy a whole village, no problem. Yeah. But someone with Ebola wandering outside that village to the next village, it, it it kills so quickly and efficiently that it doesn't have enough time to to you know spread around the world like something like the coronavirus. Yes, that is very true. That that is absolutely true because coronavirus, once again, the vast majority of people who are walking around with it are not going to die from it. So, right. So they're undiagnosed, they're not dying from it, they have some symptoms, and they're spreading it. So, yes, that's the big difference. So I think those are the reasons, and, and, and the media, the media also kind of, you know, the way the media approached this really kind of, I think, was uh, irresponsible, um, you know, and I think that it just created panic. And so this is why everyone's reacting the way they did when Ebola is a much more virulent, much more devastating illness compared to this. But, you know, you get these factors in play, and this is what happens. My guess yeah. is, and I'm just guessing, by the way. Sure. My guess is that in the next three to four weeks, uh, that rate I talked about of new cases yeah. will start to decline if people continue to exhibit smart preventative measure, measures, which is stay at home if you're sick, don't touch surfaces unnecessarily, 
wash your hands with soap and water, sanitize if you don't, can't get the soap and water, avoid big, uh, you know, uh, congregations of people, uh, whether it's, you know, at a stadium, whether it's at a, a ball event or even church. By people doing this stuff, it's going to be really effective. I really believe that. And don't lick your fingers after having KFC. Finger <laughs> licking good. It's a finger yeah, licking good that. joke. Well, I got to defend the media for a second. Actually, I, I don't want to defend them ever because I really do believe in the culture of fear. I learned that probably 20 years ago. But I think they were just so happy to have a new topic to talk about besides Trump, even though they still talk about Trump as far as the coronavirus goes. But it, it's almost refreshing to turn on the cable news channels. And it's, it's a whole new topic, finally, because I'm sick of the, the Trump coverage 24 hours a day by all these uh, news channels. There's nothing else on TV but politics these days. Like, I don't even watch most of these news channels anymore. And I'm a news junkie. Yeah. But... There's no news anymore. No. It's always politics. And yeah. once again, I'm not making a political statement, whether it's talking about you know the current administration, whether it's talking about Biden and Sanders. Oh, it doesn't gosh. matter. It's always something. Because, like, there's other stuff going on in the world, by the way. Right. This isn't our first election. Right. Like, we've had elections before. We've had important elections before. Yeah. Like, we don't need wall-to-wall coverage. Yeah. The reason why they do that is because the, the country is so polarized right now. Oh, and my it's God. such a hot button item, yeah. but they're cashing in on it. My friend at one of the networks, he told me, because I complained to him, I said, dude, he's one of the anchors. I said, dude, can you guys cover something else? Yeah. He said, we can't. It's making us too much money. Yeah, of course. They're, they're making money hand over fist. And and, and I, I want to add to that point too, Dr. Smith, uh, Dr. Ian Smith, you're, you're a smart man. The MSNBC and CNN, don't kid yourself, they want Trump re-elected. It's too good for business. They, they, you know, they act like, oh, my God, this guy, we got to get him out of the White House. Uh, but behind the scenes, closed doors as they're looking at the ratings and the money they're pulling in from advertisers, they want that to continue. And the only way that continues is if Trump is reelected. Back in the day when Rush Limbaugh had his uh, biggest success and biggest ratings was when Clinton was in the White House. That guy, loved, that guy loved that Clinton was president, even though he's 100%. acting like we got to get him out of the White House. Oh, you are so, so correct about that. I mean, these guys sit there and rail and rail and rail. Meanwhile, their accountants in the back office yeah. are just just counting those hundreds, just counting them over and over and over again. So, you know, it's a whole, it's just a mess. It's just, you and I will look back at this and everyone else will say, do you remember when, like, like how crazy, whoever thought the country would be in this position, but... It's going to change. I mean, things will change. We'll see what happens. I don't know. I, I hope the two sides can come together. I, I, uh, I'm I very vocal about this. I feel like the answer is in the middle with both uh, sides working together. And, man, you say that and people get really mad because they don't want to hear that. They want they want an all-or-nothing win for their team, you know, no matter what side you're on. And, and I'm looking never at gonna, I'm looking never at going to happen. I, I know. It's a, it's a ridiculous desire. It's never going to happen. Why, why should you think that only your people should have their way and all those other people shouldn't have their way? It's not going to happen. Well, uh, but I mean, You have to be realistic. You have to be realistic. Like, you, it's a compromise. You know, there's a, there's a little give and take. Take a little here, give a little here. Take a little, but those are the old politics. You know, when Tip O'Neill and Reagan were in office, that's what they did. They sat down and said, listen, yeah. you can't have it all. We can't have it all. Yeah. Let's see how we divide this thing up. And that's what responsible politicians should be doing. They should be sitting down saying, let's figure out what 
is the highest for us on, on our priority list. What's the highest for you? And let's make a deal. Oh, but they're not doing it. You're, I mean, you're 100% right, but unfortunately, we're not anywhere close to that. I mean, you just go, you turn on your Facebook, and all it is is people just repeating uh, talking points from their favorite cable news channel. They don't want to hear the other side. They're, they're basically waiting for you to stop talking. They're not even listening, so they can hit you with their talking points. And everyone has the fear of being wrong. So you can't yeah. even debate or discuss any of these topics because, man, if you have a misstep, you're going to get pounded. And, pounded. And, and, and the politics in this country, wow, you got me going on this. I, 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 I get obsessed with this without, like, you know, I really don't have a side if you really need to know. I, I'm so frustrated by both sides. But, but I, I would do better off, by the way, if I did pick a team. Uh, but basically <laughs> how it works in this country is – 50% of the country thinks the other 50% of the country are just dummies. And right. and we got to show you that it's this way. And I'm like, that, right. that's just crazy. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. It's crazy. And I just think that, you know, once again, you guess who loses? Us. We lose. We're not getting we anything lose. done. All we're doing Nothing is yelling and screaming at each other about Trump did this and Trump and Biden and Biden's yelling son and Trump's and son and blah, 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 blah. I see Listen, it, dude. I yelling see and screaming, wasting money. Uh, you know how much money we've wasted over the last several years yeah. just on infighting? Yeah. I mean, Congress is getting nothing done. They're yeah. not taking care of things. They pass these, these budgets, emergency budgets, because they can't agree on it. It's just, oh, don't get me, don't get me started. Just, <laughs> I'm serious. It, it, but the average guy loses. At the end of the day, you think the senator loses? Yeah. He doesn't lose. Yeah. I, Are you kidding? The average guy, the average Joe who's trying to pay his cable bill that's too high, the uh, you know, and pay his car note and pay his rent, he's the guy who loses at the of end of the day, course. and that's the sad part about I, it. I just want more people to realize that you're not winning anything. If if your guy wins, if Trump's reelected, congratulations. I'll I'll shake your head. Well, nope, I'm not going to shake your head. I'll give you an elbow. <laughs> I'll give you an elbow because it's it's not going to matter to me and 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 it's not going to matter to you, believe it or not. To, you know, no one's life dramatically changes when when we get a a, a new president. What I hate about no. it is the fact that politics are splitting up families. Like there yes. there are family members that are picking. Uh, see, I'm trying not to do it one one sided, but they're picking Trump over family members, or they're picking Biden and and in this case Bernie Sanders over family members because they don't agree with uh, you know their choice at, at, at who should be president. As I look at the TV, by the way, Biden's having another great night, and I'm thinking our next president is going to be well into their 70s. I just feel like. I, know, I feel right? like I feel like we 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 deserve better in this country than a, than a, a guy in his upper seventies as the president of the United States and and Biden. Look, I've taken a couple shots at Trump on this podcast. I'll take a couple shots at Biden. Biden truly feels like like he's senile or something. He gets too much of this stuff wrong when he's speaking in public, and then he's hiding behind some kind of you know stutter that he's had his whole life. But we all know uh, Biden. He's been in our in our lives for God knows how long. And, uh, you know, you never, you never looked at him in this way. And, and it, on a daily basis, he's, he's messing up uh, very basic stuff on the campaign tra uh, trail and all the Democrats are jumping on board to support and endorse this guy. I'm like, Oh, it, Can I say this? it's exhausting. This, yeah. Sorry. This is the last thing I'm going to say politically. Okay. You ready for this? And I apologize. I'm going to reserve, I'm going to reserve my comment to what you just said offline. Yeah. I want to tell you something offline, okay. but I will say this. Yeah. The idea that in 2020, this country 
will elect a president, and this is not against older people, I'm not being an ageist, but the idea that we're going to elect a president, either way, by the way, who is well into their 70s, uh, who's been around, either both of them, for all these years, we need fresh blood. We need yeah. new ideas. Yeah. I mean, listen, even in the, even in the wild... The male dominant line at some point has got to leave. He, yeah. you know, he's not. He's not the head of the pride. That's how evolution works. And for some reason, we allow people who have been in power for all these years to keep holding on the power, and we don't give young people a chance to lead. I'm not saying that to be 20 as young, but someone in their 40s and 50s. Why can't they lead? And the argument that they don't have enough experience. Nonsense that they don't have enough experience. You don't, in fact, to some degree, in my opinion, you don't want them to have too much experience in the swamp that's been going on that's been very ineffective politically any daggone way. Yeah. You don't want to get me started. I think that this is not great. I don't think that this is a great choice or representation of where we need to go as a country when we don't have younger people with younger ideas. It's just not. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna tag your point a little bit and and take it further. I I sometimes I am an ageist, and it, because I feel like when you're well in your seventies, the pressure of being the president of the United States, I truly believe you could be too old to be the president of the United States. I'm not talking about a sixty year old, a sixty five year old even. I'm talking about guys that are gonna be probably what seventy five, and if a miracle happens and Sanders is president, he's gonna be seventy eight with a bad heart as the president of the United States. That's crazy to me. Crazy. It's unbelievable, huh? All right. Anyways, sorry. I, I, anyway. I, I really didn't mean to go down that road, and I apologize. <laughs> uh, there's a couple other things. So, um, the one, the the one thing that happened to me where I'm like, where I started taking this coronavirus very seriously, and I think you would appreciate this. I'm 500 feet in the air here in Manhattan, barely leaving my apartment, and I love, <laughs> I love walking these streets. I love it more than anything. And I'm already when I do leave my apartment, you see just a whole different attitude out there. There's less people already, and people are distancing themselves. And you could just see everyone's doesn't know. Most people don't even know how to open a door anymore. They're using their coats. They're taking off their hats. It's 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 getting crazy. But in my building, I got guys that work here, and I I love the staff in this building. But some of these guys, especially the ones that work in security, they're they're scary dudes. When you see them on the street, you'll see them coming to work, and they got their they got their Yankees caps on backwards with colors you should never be wearing, and they got gold teeth, and they got they got like there's there's no other way to say it. They got basically hood wear on, okay? And 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 I'm like, oh my god, that's blah blah from my building. So I'm of course I'm waving and you know, but I guess maybe I'm stereotyping a little bit. And then when you see them with their uniforms on, they kind of look more the part. But but mm-hmm. I've talked to these guys. They they live in really bad sections of New York, the Bronx, uh, bad parts of Brooklyn, and they come to this building to work because it's a really good job and it's a union. They're wearing coronavirus masks. That's how scared these guys are. <laughs> yeah. You should be more worried about the flu than the coronavirus, to be honest with you. But yeah. that being said, yeah. I don't have a problem with people wearing masks. I mean, you know, there are other nasty things that are flying around that I, if, you're not, if you want to wear a mask, I don't have a problem with wearing a mask. Um, the, all the experts are saying, of course, well, you know, in order for it to really prevent the transmission, it must be this grade and have this kind of blah, blah. I get that. Yeah. But for some people, by the way, just just having it gives them a sense of comfort. And guess what? It's not hurting them. So, you know, sometimes in medicine you say, you know, if it's not hurting you and it's making you feel better, it's a placebo effect. Yeah. 
you know, there's there's no harm in it. I got wimpy people in this building. I expected them to wear the mask before the the hardcore guys from the Bronx and and you know and Brooklyn. Yeah, I, I got a yeah, guy. Yeah, the hardcore b- guys are the ones that are interacting with all the different. Yeah, residents. yeah. I got a guy. You know? I got a guy. He's six five and he walks a tiny little poodle. I expected him to have the mask on before, <laughs> before these guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's the Dr. Ian Smith laugh. I missed that. Uh, but uh, speaking, you said uh, you, you should be more worried about the flu. There's one thing. So many people will shove it in your face and go, the coronavirus, it's just the flu, you know. Um, but the death rates on these things are very, very different. And I'm I'm smart enough to know that the coronavirus death rate seems a bit high right now. And when we get more people tested and you realize more people have this and they're recovering, that death rate will absolutely go down. But the fact is the coronavirus death rate will still be significantly uh, higher than uh, the flu. That's a big number of people that are going to die from the coronavirus before we find a vaccination, don't you think? Okay, so look at, let's look at the numbers, okay? Yeah. So, so far in the U.S., the flu has caused 34 million cases. Wow. Illnesses with wow. the flu. 350,000 people were hospitalized. Wow, okay. And 20,000 deaths this season. So you look at it, you say 34 million, and of the 34 million, 20,000 have died so far. Yeah. Okay? Now, coronavirus, the numbers are outstanding. So, outstanding, I mean, we don't know yet the final numbers, but so far there are more than 100,000 illnesses, and there are more than 3,000 deaths. Yeah. So if you just use those numbers right there... Yes, uh, you know, you know, you're talking three percent. So three percent uh, die from the coronavirus, whereas I got to do the fast math here. But you know, it's point something percent when it comes to the flu. But we don't. But I, but this is just too early for me as a scientist to actually give credence to the numbers. I, I don't want to. I don't want to say. I don't want to make the statement yet that the death rate will be higher from coronavirus because. What happens if all of a sudden there are a million cases and only 5,000 deaths? So let's just hold out on that, but it's, it's possible. Yeah, it's okay. possible, depending on how the numbers shake out, that the coronavirus will end up killing a higher percentage of people who get it than the flu kills of those who get it. We don't know yet. Okay. I'm going to hold out on that. Well, I love that you're a doctor and a scientist because that's the other thing I'm, I'm telling people. Like it, It's exhausting because I'm just trying to – I, I'm not. I'm. I'm not taking a a, a, a true position uh, based on politics. I'm just taking a position on the fact of the knowledge that I've been bringing in from the CDC, listening to scientists and doctors, and truly watching all cable news networks. and And I try to read the Times and the Wall Street Journal every day, or at least browse through it. So I try to get info from all the sides, and then I try to form an opinion. I'd rather uh, listen to the scientists and the doctors than the politicians. And then, of course, they come right back at you. Well, it depends on what doctor you're listening to. Like, <laughs> no, I'm listening to because I know there's corrupt doctors and scientists, too, that have an agenda uh, because of political affiliation. I'm not stupid, but I right. take the overall view of doctors and scientists. And most are saying, yeah, this is something we got to worry about right now. Yeah, I believe that this is something that we should be concerned about. I don't think we should panic. I think people should pay attention. They should use common sense. They don't be afraid of being extra cautious. It's not going to hurt to be extra cautious, but there's no need to go hoard toilet paper, and there's no need to go buy, you know, 15 gallons of sanitizer. I just think that people <laughs> should, be, they should be concerned, yeah. but they should not reach the panic level, because when you reach the panic level, people do things that are out of proportion to what the true risk is, and that's just my 
my overall feeling, but you should also be smart. Yeah. If you don't have to fly, don't fly, for example. I was in New York. I didn't take the subway. I love taking the subway, but you know what? Yeah. There was another way to do what I had to do, so I just didn't take the subway. Yeah. Would I have been fine on the subway? Probably, absolutely no problem whatsoever, but it doesn't hurt if you have alternatives to exercise some caution, and I think that is what I want to leave people with is, just be smart about it. Right. Don't be crazy. Just be smart about yeah. it. Yeah. We canceled our trip to the Caribbean. I just said, you know what? I don't want to fly. And then, you know, in two weeks, this whole thing can be very different than it is today. And yes. I, I'd rather not take that chance. So I, I made the decision for my family. I'm like, let's just not... Let's just not fly. You know, the Caribbean's waiting for us for another time. Let's just see what the heck's going on here, and and that's it. But the one thing, which is such, is too bad. I'm lucky. My my wife doesn't really have to work. I'm not really working. I'm doing this podcast. I don't really have to leave the house. But there are a lot of people. They have no choice. They're going to have to stay in the trenches. They're going to have to be on the subways and, and you know and all the other mass transit and in these big cities. It's going to be scary because they got to make a living for their kids. They they can't. They don't have the the choice to you know tap out for two or three weeks yes, as the government tries to figure out more more stuff to keep us safe. Now, I feel and, and bad for those people. I do too. And and those are the people that really just need to be smart about it. Like if someone is sneezing and coughing. You got to stay away. You know, don't when you're in the subway, for example, don't hold on to the railings with your hands. I mean, geez, use like the sleeve of your coat, use something else, but you know, grab it by the crook of your elbow. But I, I just feel like people just, you know, unfortunately, people are going to have to be out there. Yeah. And I, I am no way advocating that people should hibernate. I think that in the next two weeks, we're going to learn a lot more. Oh, yeah. And my belief is that it's going to be a lot better outlook than people think it's going to be. Oh, I like how you're uh, how you're thinking. I, I'm going to have to get you back in a couple of weeks to see where we're at. I think no, yeah. nothing nothing worse than when you go on the subway. I know you want you want to go, and, and and I gotta I gotta get these kids to bed. But nothing worse than when you're on a subway and you grab that pole and it's before the coronavirus even, and you're like, oh my yeah. god, what is that? It's like the mixture of sweat and Vaseline, and who knows? I've never touched. I've never touched one on a subway. You've ever. never touched a pole. No, Good. no intention. Never have. I just I'm a germaphobe that way. I just never, and I and when I see people do it, it almost makes me cringe to see them touch it. I'm just like, oh, <laughs> I love it. You talk about you talk about classic transmission. Right. The only better, the only more classic way is to put your tongue in someone else's mouth. <laughs> right. That's the, the other most sure way of transmitting bodily fluids. But yeah, that's, that's I just love nasty, that. But that was one of the articles I read. It's like, how is this going to affect dating? <laughs> I I, yeah. I I love more than anything, and that's why I think I went to went into radio. I love studying people as much as I get a little paranoia with this coronavirus. I am fascinated by all of it. I'm reading everything online. I'm watching TV. It's just so fascinating to see how people are acting and they're running to the stores and taking all the toilet paper, like you said, and the sanitizer and. It's just the whole thing is incredibly fascinating. Yeah, you see everyone's ego at work. You know. Yeah. The last thing I'm trying not to touch my face. It's impossible. You don't want to touch your face. You know, they're saying don't touch your face, and then, uh, then well, if your hands are dirty. Well, they're saying if you haven't washed your hands after you wash your hands, you can. Dude, I, I wash my hands so much they're raw. <laughs> I've never washed my hands this much. Twenty seconds is what the CDC is saying. Twenty I, seconds. I'm pretty much Front, doing the twenty back, seconds. Back in between the fingers and your fingernails. And, and that really will help a lot. That'll help a lot with just general colds and and flus, obviously. Yes. So. Hundred percent. One hundred percent. Doctor Ian Smith, I know you were tired. Uh, you did me a favor because I I called you early this morning. You said I'm in New York. Why didn't you call me earlier? We could have hung out. <laughs> 
but you said as soon as I get back to Chicago, uh, we'll do it on the phone. And I, I, I just appreciate your friendship. Hey, man. It's been a long time. I appreciate it. Too bad we're talking under these circumstances. But I want to let people know if they want to hit me up on Instagram at Dr. Ian Smith. Spell the doctor out, I-A-N Smith. Um, and, hey, you know what? I'll talk to you maybe next month. I have a new book coming out. It's called Mind Overweight. It's all about getting your mind right to lose weight. So this is a book I've written so that people will start with their mind. So I'll talk to you maybe next time about that. How about that? I, I would love that. I just laugh. You and your books. It's amazing. Number 18, baby. I know, it's amazing. Are, are you writing another uh, nonfiction? Yes. No, fiction, you mean. Fiction. Yeah, I always get that yeah, messed yes. up. It comes out in September. It's about, a, it's about a private investigator in Chicago who takes on very select cases around uh, around the city, and the first book is already available on Amazon. Comes out in September. It's called The Unspoken. Oh, that's awesome! You're a You'll damn love it. good I'm, writer. I'm getting advanced copies next week. I'm gonna send you one. Okay. I can't believe I messed up the fiction nonfiction thing. That's not okay. It's not okay. We're late. We're tired, dude. I <laughs> hear you. All right, brother. I'll see you soon. All okay? right, man. Thanks, uh, man. Right. Much love. Take care. See ya. That was awesome. All right, there you have it, man. Thanks for checking out the podcast. Really, really appreciate it. We got uh, we got links in the description of this episode for everything. You can get some merch at opradio.com. Uh, if you're listening to this episode on a whim, how about you subscribe to this? We're doing some really, really good things. And there's a link also in there for the Facebook group, uh, The Pod Squad. Uh, we're over 200 episodes now, and I've been uh, I've been really, really digging this, and I want to thank everybody for the support, whether it was all the nice uh, words you say online about the podcast or the five-star reviews on uh, Apple or telling a friend about this podcast. It, most of it did not go unnoticed. I really, really appreciate it. All right, with that, we're out. Boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-